Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Best Life Cafe. My name is Kathy Anello. I'm the author of the book, Six Months to Live, Making Each Day Matter. Together today with my co-host is Carrie Butler, owner of the Emergency Cafe, an emergency preparedness consulting firm in Los Angeles. And we are both delighted to have a guest today, Corrine Holt. And we're going to be talking about her new book, Poetic Ascension, Attuned to Love. She's a creative messenger. She's a guide for well-being, which I just love that title. She's an artist, a certified life coach, energy healer. She's an executive coach for leaders and teams. And she likes to offer insight to call forth love to lead life. She invokes vibrant health, relationships, creativity, and service. And one of the most beautiful paintings I've ever seen on her website. So, uh, Turin, welcome to the Best Life well, Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a joy to be here. So let's talk. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. <laughs> I was like, wait, I didn't hear from Carrie this morning. She's there. I know she's there. I'm here. So <laughs> Good it's morning. A, it's a beautiful day in California. Corinne, where are you right now? I'm in the Atlanta area, and we're also having a gorgeous spring day, blue clouds, fluffy, a blue sky, fluffy clouds, and a nice breeze. It's delightful. Oh, isn't, it just feels like spring has sprung slightly up here in California, too, and so it's, it's just, I walked out this morning, and I was like, oh, that feeling, you know, where you shift from one season to the other. So you're, you have a book, Poetic Ascension, Attuned to Love, and how did that book get started for you? And let's talk a little bit of, like, poetry is so enchanting. When I think of poetry, I think of enchantment. And I love some of your poems. They're just beautiful. So how did that all start for you, coming from being, like, the coach and the healer and, and get the inspiration to write the book? Well, in 2008, uh, I heard the words, attune to love, on my birthday. Mm. And I thought, whoa. And I and a tune is a word that you don't hear in everyday language typically. You know, it's not foreign, but it's not it's not usually it's quite an everyday word. And so I looked it up, and one of the definitions was to come into harmonious relationship with, mm. and or you could say to align with. But I really like the harmonious relationship with one thing coming into harmonious relationship with another. And so I spent you know, 10 years contemplating what that meant. And I was writing another book that was nonfiction prose. And I thought I was going to title it Attuned to Love, and it, eventually I got stuck writing that and uh, blocked for quite a while. And then when I had a day where I'm like, I'm going to get through this block and mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to, have a, going to have a breakthrough, keep going, two in the morning when I like to write mockingbirds outside of my window chirping so loud uh, that I could I couldn't think I mean it was it was like it was in the room and you know mockingbirds can be really loud and it it would go from from bird song to bird song you know it has a variety 20 more or something calls that it imitates and I'd go out and I would shake the bush you know try to try to get rid of that bird so I could think and this went on for about 90 minutes and eventually it kept coming back I would sit down at my computer, start to write. It would come back, chirp again. 
finally I went out there and I just said, would you please, please <laughs> go to another bush? I'm trying to think. Oh, and the old mockingbird. Yeah, and I hear within myself, that's the problem, dear one. You're thinking too much. Mm-hmm. Feel. So I go back in. Yeah. I stop thinking. I just, I really just start, okay, feel, let me write what I'm feeling. And as I just purely felt, and it really just, it was, I was able to wipe all the thoughts out of my mind. Like, what chapter am I going to write? <laughs> what title, mm-hmm. what concept? I just hear, authentically open to this moment. You understand the simple play of life that needs no labels of bad or good, untouched by concepts of what should be. You understand the truth of free, where mind is quiet, not overstating its role. There is space to hear the call of soul. And there the poetry began. Stop. It right there and drop the mic. Wow. So I love that because I believe some of the best writings I've ever either done or that I have read are written that way. You know, they just come through you and your soul really writes it. So that is, mm-hmm. is really great. Had you written poetry before that? You know, I've written songs. I've wanted to be a songwriter since I was five. And ah. so I, I, I always thought, well, I had never written poetry. I didn't have a strong interest in it. So it's not like my, li- my library has lots of poetry books in it. it. It really didn't. Right, right. And so I, but then I thought, whoa. And then I found an old file, like 300 songs that I've written since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, and what are those? They're lyrics, but they, they rhyme. There is a rhyme scheme typically in most lyrics of songs, and that, that creates the glue that hold, helps hold the song together. And make right. it memorable. And uh, so, I, wow, I actually have been writing poetry. I just called it song lyrics. Um, wow. But this right. is a whole different, this was, you know, Neil Donald Walsh calls it conversations with God. And I would say right. this would be dialogues w- with, with my soul. And, you know, and my life had been leading up to that. My first book in the 90s I read was Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukoff. And, mm-hmm. of course, then I just voraciously read anything I could get my hands on, uh, you know, whatever was right. hot at the time in the 90s and the uh, 2000s mm-hmm. and, and, that, and that thing. You know, I was reading all of those things, and all of that was helping me return to what I knew and felt as a kid when I wanted to be a songwriter. Like so many of us were tapped in as children, and then as we become intellectualized and really mind-focused, um, then we, we kind of lose that. At least I did. And, and so that was a process of returning to the wholeness that I felt when I was younger. And um, so all kinds of things, all, all kinds of things were doing that. I mean, life was doing everything, right? The whole, the universe is always helping us return to our soul if we're going to see it that way. Right. right, right. Corinne, this is Carrie. Hi, love. Hi. Um, I, I just, I just wanted to, I'm like I'm reading your testimonials and I was reading them earlier and I'm just so blown away by the process of or listen or reading about, you know, the process that you do in your work and bringing it to people and you have changed so many lives and I think that the thing that is is so intriguing to me is the diversity of the people that you worked with 
from Mm -hmm. bank Mm -hmm. managers to the police department and this lovely Mm -hmm. woman who who shared, um, you know, her story about having wanting to lose the weight and not being able to do that. And I would just love for you, like, would you share with our listeners, like, what is that? Like, what brings that process? Like, what is that all about? And and how does that work? Mm. Well, the diversity, I, you know, when you just tune in to your heart and let it lead you, you just never know where it's going to wind up. I was a designer for 20 years, and then I had this, um, after 9-11, this guidance, inner guidance that said, now do uh, creative solutions for life. And when I was writing the other part of my website, Creative Solutions for Business, Now for Life, it basically was life coaching, and this was 2002, and I didn't even know about life coaching until a year later I met a woman who was a life coach. I'm like, what's that, right? And then I look up, and I found the Coaches Training Institute, fell in love with it, uh, went through their certification program, and uh, then got certified in that. And right after I got certified, uh, I met a person who knew a person who knew a person who in Atlanta, <laughs> they were, it was a national training company in the financial industry, it was starting a coaching division. So they had people fly in from all over the country and train them in their, uh, in their business. And then I would help, I was hired then to help coach them. I took six months to uh, get that position. Six months of interview, basically and proof I could wow. do it because I had no back. I had no background in that particular area, but I knew what I was doing was not about, I, I said, you're, you're training them the specific uh, details. I'm I'm now coaching them just to how how do they want to implement this training? How will it fit in their lives? So it, it, I'm coaching the emotional and spiritual and you know that kind of thing. I'm helping people implement. I'm not telling them what to do. That's been done. Right. Anyway, so I did. Right. I got that position, which then after about three years, then I met another colleague who got a call to go into the policing industry and a chief of police and lieutenant colonels of a major city having leadership challenges wanted us to come in and help them become more cohesive. There was a lot of conflict, a lot of breaking down of communication, a lot of eagerly stuff going on. And, and uh, so somehow that's ended up. And then a little, you know, after that, a couple of years of that, then I was called to start a, uh, coaching division for a nonprofit to work with inner city youth, and then I created curriculum uh, for for them for high poverty, at risk mm. teens, and co- college students. It's, it's so wow. to answer your question, it's like I never planned any of that. I never planned to be right. a coach, you know. And then in the middle of all that, I was training to be an energy healer and getting certified in that. Um, I was teaching. I was creating leadership coaching curriculum and teaching that and. So I, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. So many, so often people have niches. They have a particular area that they go deep and focus with. For some reason, I've had this crazy diversity from corporate and alpha males and executive leaders and CEOs of companies to inner city youth and eight-year-old eight year to you know, pull out their eyebrows and wet the bed. And, you know, it, it's from eight to 80. Uh, I've, had, wow. I have pe- I've had clients from Dubai to 
uh, South Africa to UK, Belgium. Um, wow, spread, right? And Karen, the, you're everywhere. <laughs> right. I really, the, you know, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, with Skype, you know, the world is smaller. You, it right. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're coaching something across town or across the pond, you know. And so would you say that people hear of you from, like, word of mouth? Because obviously you're result-orientated. And I was really interested when, I, when Carrie talked about the, the girl that on your testimonial that had dropped the 35 pounds. I think it was a girl. It might have been a guy. Um, but he, uh, he says that after 90 days of coaching with you, mm-hmm. he had dropped 35 pounds, back to college mm-hmm. weight, felt great. Mm-hmm wrote three novels now, um, met the love of his life. And I'm thinking, you know, that like, and then the, further down, someone says 17 years of therapy was not enough to help me. And I understand I had, you know, I've been in that position where I've done a lot of therapy and then I saw a life coach and had was results. Life coaching is results orientated where therapy is more of a why is this happening to me type process. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering with 90 days of your coaching, how that, happened for him like what do Mm -hmm. you bring out for people that they have to look at so that they can just drop that sludge from their body and it's not even fat Mm -hmm. like it's just about you know life sludge is kind of what I call it Mm -hmm. oh great question great question so there's a couple things to that I had an eating disorder in my college and early 20s so I'm very familiar uh, myself with the the pains of being out of balance with food. And I was quite overweight. I was at least 50 pounds overweight. And once I got to the bottom of it, I've kept that weight off since I was 27. Um, So well over 25 years or 20 years, I've, you know, kept it off even through pregnancy. So that I come from a personal experience on the weight loss. And then as Mm -hmm. a writer, I have that experience. So I have that, and so that lends a certain amount of credibility to as I work with people. Secondly, and the most important thing, is that they're ready. They're, they've mm-hmm. come to the point where they're, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired of whatever that is, not, not addressing the health issue or not going for the dream and the goal. I, I give way more credit to that, that that, that individual is ready. And if yeah, they're yeah. ready... And they and then they meet me. Watch out, you know. I mean, because it's that combination. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. And I, I had it. I've had that uh, so many. Uh, even a woman who was in her sixties, and she said, uh, "I was through therapy, and I really like my therapist. I felt like I got a lot out of her." She said the same thing. After three, I've got more out of three months with you than a year of that. And I think what you said nailed it because it really is results orient, uh, oriented, yeah. and so yes, we. We address the emotions. We don't just gloss over it and say, okay, it's time to move on. Not at all. Um, no, let's go there. Let's get intimate with the challenge and the pain and the suffering, and then let's release it. And I have energy, you know, my energy background comes and helps with that. And then we, mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. we, we go, so the well, this is why I do well-being and well-doing, because the well-being is let's get whole from inside out. Let's really address what's standing in the way. Let's identify it. Let's nurture it. Let's love on it. Let's thank it. Let's see the gifts. And then clear it, welcome it to leave, 
And then now what do you want to do? How do you want to apply your life now that you're a 1,000 pounds lighter? Now that the suffering is, has dropped from a 10 to a, a 3. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, it's, and it, it really all, all boils back down to one of your main themes, too, about the self-love. Um, before we go further, I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to where to find you because people listen to podcasts and sometimes they get sidetracked and we like to get this information in early. So I wanted to let them know uh, www.attunetolove.com, attunetolove.com. There's a plethora of information there. And, and, then wh- and the name of the book, Poetic Ascension, can be also found there. And she also has many events coming up, and I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But where do we find you on Facebook and all the social medias? Yeah, the, the handle's the same. So Attune to Love. If you type that in in Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, gotcha. you'll find me. So, yeah, A-W-T-U-N-E. And we have little icons on your website. So let's talk about the workshops because you, you mentioned the art of well-being and the joy of well-doing. And I love, you know, mm-hmm. obviously those two things are what everyone wants. We want to feel well, and there's nothing more beautiful and exciting to feel than joy. So mm-hmm. let's talk about what those workshops entail. Let's start with the art of well-being. Mm. Well, yeah, the art of well-being is, is to tune in. I have people find the heavy. Find the, the thoughts that say you're not enough, you can't, or some, you know, some kind of heavy that leaves you feeling heavy. So you identify that. And then we go through a process that helps them reverse it, whether they, I say, ungrip your gripe. You know, there's a way of ungripping <laughs> your gripe by, you know, if you're complaining mm. about the weather, it's like, oh, you know, I hate the weather, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then it's like, well, why is it a good day when the weather is like this? You know, just flip it around. And yeah. what this does is it, yeah. it, it's perspective work. It's just an easy way to uh, see life through a different lens. And one of the quickest ways, right. if you can't think of another perspective, is just to flip it over. Oh, it's raining. I hate it when it's raining outside. Now, why is it great? when it's raining outside, and then see if you can find something that's true. Because and and, I used to complain about the rain a lot. And, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, wow, you know, when it's raining, I really do get a lot done in other ways. And, and so I could find something that was r- true and be really satisfied and content with that answer, not just trying to give it a phony, positive spin that never works. But it's just as easy to say, um, okay, so I'm not enough. Think of another perspective is, wow, I am more than enough. And then find ways in your life you've been more than enough. Mm. Yeah, that's really great, great, great wisdom. Thanks for sharing that. Well, and then, the, go ahead. I want, I want, I want you oh, to I was say, well, Oh, what, what we know is fear if you think about most of the things that we've feared have never come true. True. Sometimes they do. But if you, if you look at the, the breadth of what we fear and worry about, fear of rejection, fear of well, what if I get fired or this. I mean, I was actually fired once in my life, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened. And Me I, too. For, for real. 
Yeah. It was <laughs> a great too. thing I ever happened. to this radio show. <laughs> there you go. It was you the see? greatest thing. The greatest we but, can find it, but and, not at the time. It, have, and it needed, it needs the you know when those things happen to us, getting fired or these big life events that knock our socks off. It is, it does take a process, like you said, of un, ungripping it, and and so that's where life coaching comes in and gets us to really just go after what we want. And I just mm-hmm. really appreciate the, the whole life coaching thing. I'm like sitting here going. Really should do this. I should really be a life coach. Like I really love the idea of result orientated programs. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and I just I just appreciate that. Yeah, and the and it's hard to what I found over the years. It's hard to get results. Like when I was doing business and executive coaching, clients would come in. They're all about the results, but then when it wouldn't happen, you know, they would be frustrated. So they want to do well. That's the well doing part. But you mm-hmm. have to look at the being part, you see. You know, life is mm-hmm. an inside job first. And that's where really the, the life coaching, the deep life coaching, which I would really call it soul coaching, although I didn't call it that in corporate America. Um, but that's, that's the secret in the sauce. It's all about the sauce, right? What's that? That's connecting with the soul. And there are, fortunately, there are countless ways to do that, whether it's art and poetry or uh, being in nature, doing your garden, any form of creativity, doing what you love, going with the inner flow, going with the juice, the inner, whatever energizes you feels good. You know, there's countless ways. And so my work, mm-hmm. if I were to sum it up now, is all about helping people attune to their soul and hear the voice of soul because if you do that, then you are going to be well and then you're going to do well. You're going to be well, and you're going to do well. And that's called fulfillment. Mm. Beautiful word. That's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, you know, as we're just taught, like, the wrong way, right? We're, we're taught, you know, we're just, like, you're unteaching. It's not, like, it's almost like you're, un, you know, or reteaching or, or teaching us what, what we really should have been taught back then, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I love that because once we get the different perspective, then everything changes. Everything mm-hmm. changes. The energy, you know, the energy shifts, and it's just it's like a whole new. This is a whole new game. It's a whole new. I game. love that. I, you know, I, <laughs> I just wanted to mention that you have these workshops coming up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, on Sunday, May thirteenth, Attuned to Love Unplugged. And on Monday, May 14th, The Art of Well-Being at Moonflower's Metaphysical Store and Healing Center in Whitechurch, Stoutville, Ontario, Canada. And on Wednesday, May the 16th, 7 to 9.30 Eastern, The Joy of Well-Doing at Ohm, Toronto. Lovely place, I'm sure. Um, And so if you're in the uh, Canadian area, by all means, you should go to this. And I just wanted to get that in before we, we, we we ran out of time because I could just see how this could go. I would love to ask you a quick question about, um, oh, gosh. Are you guys still there? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I lost my switchboard. It's so weird. Okay. Uh, but as long as you're still there, we're still recording. Okay. We're back. Great. How weird. Uh, okay. So I had a question about 
uh, it was one of the things I read about a lady who said that she released a lifetime of self-doubt. She was working on her business, and in one session, she had this self-doubt. And someone, you know, self, there's self-love, self-doubt, self-everything, self-respect. I had somebody mention to me the other day, uh, they pointed out to me that because I was enduring a certain situation in my life that I was dealing with some self-hatred. And it absolutely knocked my socks off. I was like, what in the world are you talking about? So I was wondering about, you know, self-doubt and self-loathing and those things. And, and what, what do you recommend for people that give such a dramatic shift in one session that they would look at? Well, again, really being ready. Yeah. Again, the first part, yeah. first part is really being ready and open to seeing it with truth and then ready to release it. If, if anyone has a reason to hang on to their self-doubt, as a, it, it's kind of, the, what's the payoff, right? You have to look and see, is there a payoff for hanging on to it? Because then it justifies mm-hmm. not moving, it justifies not moving forward. So that's one of the first things I like to do is dig in there and see, is there a reason you want to hold on to this? And sometimes we have both. We, we have a reason we want to hold on and a reason we want to let go and we're kind of you know, on the fence with it. Does that make sense? It does. So I absolutely yeah. First is that so it's that check in to say, am I really truly ready to let this go? And then how is this perspective serving my life? What is it what is it allowing me? What is, what's the payoff? And then to get really wow. clear about that. Yeah. And then if it's kinda of like, Yeah, but I'm tired, you know, what got me here is not gonna keep me here and I it's time. It's time that I have the courage to face it. Some people don't want to face their boogeyman inside themselves because they're afraid mm-hmm. that they'll get eat up, eaten up by it or they're overtaken. The fear is so big. They're afraid to look at it because they think it's going to swallow them whole or something really bad is going to happen. One woman said once, I'm afraid if I open this well of sadness, I may never stop crying. Mm-hmm. And I said, I assure you, 100% guarantee <laughs> And I, that you, there will be an end if you allow yourself to cry fully, just full on. It will stop before you know it. So it's, it's the yeah. fear. It's the fear of letting go, the fear of not wanting to look at it, the fear of, oh, well, what would that mean for my life if I let this go? Then I'll really have to take action. <laughs> and then I'm afraid of that, too. So, so first, looking at what's the payoff of holding on to it. Then if you're really, really ready... Call me <laughs> there's, I mean, again, yeah. there's all kinds of all kinds of ways to go in there and release. So there's, you know, of course, a lot of people have heard of tapping, you know, emotional freedom technique, and uh, I have found great benefit in using that. I've done theta healing, I do regular energy healing, you name it. I when I'm with someone, I basically I soul to soul, and I connect with high self to say what tool will best serve this person. So it's very customized. And, uh, you know, I never know. I never know. Sometimes it's, I'll have them go, okay, now go sit with your back against a tree. Now, I mean, crazy things come to me that basically their high self is telling me what would right. work mm-hmm. for them. And so it's hard for me to answer that exactly because it's, oftentimes it's very yeah. different. 
Um, yeah. No, I love I love you. I love your work. Your work is really, really profound, um, and obviously has helped a lot of people. Uh, so, what do you do now? What do you? I know you're on a North American tour, or you're about to to reembark on the on the uh, tail end of that. What do you do? What's a day in the life of Corinne Holt? <laughs> well, you know, I first thing I do is I drink greens, you know, alkaline. Mm-hmm. And I just hit my body with greens, and uh, and then I I I'm still. I'm usually still for no less than fifteen minutes, no less, and usually more than that. If I'm, if I'm really even on a really busy day, I still take. I hydrate, and I take fifteen minutes to be really still, whether it's just in nature or meditation, and then that really sets my day up. Then I. After I come out of that meditation, which I'm not thinking during that, I'm usually allowing, and so I'm not I'm not like trying to set up my day during the meditation. It's clearly just a it's a it's tuning into soul and and uh, deepening mm-hmm. that connection. I would say I feel mostly connected most of the time, but there's always there's no depth and no end to it. So I'm always just going deeper and deeper in that connection. You want to come out of that, then it's. I, now I'm open to the practical. So how do I want to apply right. this connection? And then what do I feel led to do? So that's, every day is kind of like that. I don't, I allow more than I don't mentally try to figure it out. And I Ooh, find that I that, like that, for me, me, I came from a very practical, linear family. They weren't artists at all. My, all my, my family lineage, they were scientists, engineers, farmers, mechanical people, mathematicians. I was the only artist in the bunch. So while that was really um, frustrating and isolating in, in some cases, it also allowed me to be grounded and to come at the work that I do, soul work, from a very grounded perspective. Now, I love what yeah, you said earlier about everything's upside down. We've been taught wrong. You said you know how we're all mental, mental, mental. And it it's true in this world, it, it, we've been guided to go in the direction of giving all of our attention to the mental side of things, you know, knowledge at all costs, knowledge, 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 knowledge. And I think some point in our ancient history, our ancient ancestors had the wisdom of being tuned into the earth and listening to nature, you know, hearing God through the animals and the trees. And, and being attuned to love, to the soul, to the God of their understanding. And as we've become more civilized, we've moved away from that. And it's all about the intellectualization of life. While that's very, can be really great on a practical level, at what cost? Now, I think for me, in my life, and what I see in my clients, is the result, all of our suffering is a result of us not being tuned into our soul. Mm. all of it this comes back yeah. to what you were saying about the self-love because the soul is love we don't have to chase after love or or achievement that's a mental that's a mental striving i have a one of my poems put your mental striving down um if we just if we tune into our soul then we are living love because that's what we are it's nothing we have to get then the suffering melts away. So that, that answers one of the questions you said. 
how do how do you get that self doubt? Well, tune into your soul, really a strong connection, and it just dissolves. So it's like flipping on a light in the room. You flip on the light, the darkness is gone. There's no efforting. So you tune in, you plug in your soul, all the suffering just bam goes. Right, because your soul is pure love. Your soul is pure Pure love. Yeah, and love came to me, L-O-V-E, with limitless, the limitless, organizing, vital essence. Mm. I love that. Think about that, right? What is our body? You know, limitless, organizing, vital essence. So it's the infinite. Then the organizing is, well, all this energy has to organize and create all these systems, this complex brain, nervous system, circulatory system. So it's obviously organizing. Look at our world. Creation has created our world. It organizes. And what is it? It's vital. It moves. Everything, you know, animates. And then it's the essence of all. So how beautiful this came through the writing of the poetry, limitless organizing vital essence. It gives a whole other perspective on this word love, you know, that we have. So we tune into that, the limitless organizing vital essence. What what would not be healed then in the presence of that? So beautiful. And speaking of beautiful, I just had one more question for you, Corinne, and that is do you do all the, do you paint all the art or draw all the art on your website? Because the ocean scene with the sun is it's so beautiful. And I was just like, is that do you do all of that? Do you yeah, do all I do most <laughs> Yes, I do most eighty probably eighty percent of all the the well, I, I actually I do it all, but some images that I find that are free. If I don't have one of my own collection and I don't have time in the moment, there are, there are places where you can get um, non, yes. uh, where those creative commons or public domain images. And then I will take those and, and combine images and still make them my own. But um, mm-hmm. most, most of my art is all what I've drawn or painted or, or, or photography. So, yeah, Beautiful. most of the time, yes. And that particular image was a photo that I then manipulated um, digitally to create mm. the effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. Corinne, this yeah. has just been a delight. You are amazing. I'm like, please come to Los Angeles or San Francisco. We have some <laughs> awesome bookstores that would love to have you. We have yeah. – um, uh, Mystic, Mystic Journey, Journey, which is like one of the, yeah, and you can speak mm-hmm. there. I mean, it's amazing. So, and they have this gorgeous crystal gallery as well. So, if you ever find yourself mm. heading west, we can certainly give you the names of some of those people because it would be lovely to have you here. Yeah, I think that. Thank you awesome. so much for the invitation, and I, I I'm going to take you up on that because I'm sure at some point I will be out there and. Um, even more than doing uh, bookstores, to be at a, you know a spiritual center where we're all gathered doing having some a conversation, and do a soul yeah. gathering and and whether it's well being or well doing, we do a combination of both, which is my ideal thing, like a full day workshop uh, where mm-hmm. in the morning we do well being, in the afternoon we do well doing, 
and uh, it's fun. It's it's up. We're doing things. It's interactive. It's not like we're just sitting there and I'm talking the whole time. Not at all. You know, sure. I like to have it yeah. really active and interactive. So, if you have any ideas on that, as I'm planning for next fall and then and then the spring, um, you know, maybe there's something there. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. The gal the the um uh Mystic Journey Gallery, which is separate from from the bookstore, um, mm-hmm. they have a a room like or you know several rooms, but they have a space that you could absolutely do that. And the and like the other part of it is this unbelievable crystal gallery where they have amethysts that are like six feet tall and you know just mm. the most magnificent Super crystals bad. you've ever yeah. seen. And and if mm. you if you are sensitive to like crystal energy like I am like you have to like literally you have to like be really like you have to be very grounded before you walk in there because you can just be hit with these waves of of energy and you're just like oh my god I got to sit down so they're amazing I love they're it <laughs> it sounds well, absolutely so delightful yeah thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show we uh we will send you the podcast later on today and uh, we'll be sharing this on social media. And uh, as always, we would love for y'all to subscribe, rate and review this podcast when it gets to iTunes, because that really helps us. And Corinne, we are so grateful to have you today. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you. We are going to dive. You're welcome to stay on the line. We're going to dive into some, um, a quick angel card reading and I have been shuffling my cards while you guys were talking about love and all that stuff so let's see what I get I have the moon I'm taking from the Archangel Power Tarot cards today and the moon the opportunity to improve your plans listen to your intuition for accurate guidance face your fears and grow stronger perfect wow you can't make that up no, you really can't. It just says um, it's meant to reassure you that by facing your fears, you can overcome them and evolve to a higher level. I love that. Perfect. Awesome. Well, okay, so I opened up a new deck this morning. Um, I got the animal tarot cards, the spirit animal tarot cards from um, Radley Valentine, and I shuffled, and the first card out of this deck that we're reading is... The Katanga Lion, he's the king of spring, inspiring, dramatic, ambitious, and wise. And it says, now is your moment to step up to a leadership role. Don't back away from the spotlight, as your plans will be successful so long as you stay focused upon the big picture. I love that. And then it, um, there's a little description. It says, being powerful and displaying courage, a talent for leadership, an air of royalty and wisdom. There you yes. go. I love that. And so now in closing, my dears, it's Wayne Dyer Wednesday. We always have a quote, and I actually found this quote on Instagram by a person um, who goes by the handle of sacred.secrets. Super, really cool site. And lately I've been really tuning into Wayne, uh, his podcasts, and just really kind of trying to absorb his energy. But it says, peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is rather than how you think it should be. Oh, Wayne. Yeah, that's it. And that, my dears, is a wrap. (laughs) 
Thank you all so much for being here at the Best Life Cafe. We so appreciate the support. Corinne, have a beautiful, blessed day. Carrie, love you madly. Love you, baby. Take care. Goddesses. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.